Chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. Of Catina Aurea, commentary on the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake, and became as dead men. And the angel answered, and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Pseudo Chrysostom. After the mockings and scourgings, after the mingled draughts of vinegar and gall, the pains of the cross and the wounds, and finally after death itself and Hades, there arose again from the grave a renewed flesh. There returned from obstruction a hidden life. Health chained up in death broke forth with fresh beauty from its ruin. Augustine. Concerning the hour when the women came to the sepulchre, there arises a question not to be overlooked. Matthew here says, on the evening of the Sabbath, what then means that of Mark, very early in the morning, the first day of the week? Truly Matthew, by naming the first part of the night, to wit, the evening, denotes the whole night in the end of which they came to the sepulchre. But seeing the Sabbath hindered them from doing this before, he designates the whole night by the earliest portion of it, in which it became lawful for them to do whatever, during some period of the night, they designed to do. Thus on the evening of the Sabbath is just the same as if he had said, on the night of the Sabbath, i.e. the night which follows the day of the Sabbath, which is sufficiently proved by the words which follow, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. This could not be if we understood only the first portion of the night, its beginning, to be conveyed by the word evening, for the evening or beginning of the night does not begin to dawn towards the first day of the week, but only the night which is concluded by the dawn. And this is the usual mode of speaking in Holy Scripture, to express the whole by a part. By evening, therefore, he implied the night, in the end of which they came to the sepulchre. Bede. Otherwise it may be understood that they began to come in the evening, but that it was the dawn of the first day of the week when they reached the sepulchre, that is, that they prepared the spices for anointing the Lord's body in the evening, but that they took them to the sepulchre in the morning. This has been so shortly described by Matthew that it is not quite clear in his account, but the other evangelists give the order more distinctly. The Lord was buried on the sixth day of the week, and the women returning from the sepulchre prepared spices and ointments, as long as it was lawful to work. On the Sabbath they rested, according to the commandment, as Luke plainly declares. And when the Sabbath was passed and the evening was come, and the season of labor returned, with zealous devotion they proceeded to purchase with spices 
as they yet lacked. This is implied in Mark's words when the Sabbath was passed, that they might go and anoint Jesus, for which purpose they come early in the morning to the sepulchre, to Rome, or otherwise this apparent discrepancy in the evangelists as to the times of their visits is no mark of falsehood, as wicked men urge, but shows the sedulous duty and attention of the women, often going and coming, and not enduring to be long absent from the sepulchre of their Lord. Rigmigius. It is to be known that Matthew designs to hint to us a mystical meaning, of how great worthiness this most holy night drew from the noble conquest of death and the resurrection of our Lord. With this purpose, he says, on the evening of the Sabbath, for whereas, according to the wanted succession of the hours of the day, evening does not dawn toward the day, but on the contrary darkens towards the night. These words show that the Lord shed, by the light of his resurrection, joy and brilliance over the whole of this night. Bede, for from the beginning of the creation of the world until now, the course of time has followed this arrangement, that the day should go before the night, because man, fallen by sin from the light of paradise, has sunk into the darkness and misery of this world. But now, most fitly, night goes before day, when, through faith in the resurrection, we are brought back from the darkness of sin and the shadow of death to the light of life, by the bounty of Christ. Christologos. Because the Sabbath is illuminated, not taken away by Christ, who said, I am not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. It is illuminated that it may lighten into the Lord's day and shine forth in the church, when it had hitherto burnt dim, and been obscured by the Jews in the synagogue. It follows, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, etc. Late runs women for pardon, who had run early to sin. In paradise she had taken up unbelief. From the sepulchre she hastens to take up faith. She now hastens to snatch life from death, who had before snatched death from life. And it is not they come, but came, in the singular, for in mystery, and not by accident, the two came under one name. She came, but altered, a woman changed in life, not in name, in virtue, not in sex. The women go before the apostles, bearing to the Lord's sepulchre a type of the churches, the two Marys to wit. For Mary is the name of Christ's mother, and one name is twice repeated for two women, because herein is figured the church coming out of the two nations, the Gentiles and the Jews, being yet one. Mary came to the sepulchre as to the womb of the resurrection, that Christ might be the second time born out of the sepulchre of faith, who after the flesh had been born of her womb, and that as a virgin had borne him into this life present, so a sealed sepulchre might bring him forth into life eternal. It is proof of deity to have left a womb virgin after birth, and no less to have come forth in the body from a closed sepulchre to Rome. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Our Lord, Son, at once of God and man, according to his twofold nature of Godhead and of flesh, gives a sign, one while of his greatness, another while of his lowliness. Thus, though now it was man who was crucified, and man who was buried, 
yet the things that were done around show the son of god hilary the earthquake is the might of the resurrection when the sting of death being blunted and its darkness illuminated there is stirred up a quaking of the powers beneath as the lord of heavenly powers rises again chrysostom or the earthquake was to rouse and waken the women who had come to anoint the body and as all these things were done in the night time it was probable that some of them had fallen asleep bede the earthquake at the resurrection as also at the crucifixion signifies that worldly hearts must be first moved to penitence by a health-giving fear through belief in his passion and resurrection christologos if the earth thus quaked when the lord rose again to the pardon of the saints how will it quake when he shall rise again to the punishment of the wicked as the prophet speaks the earth trembled when the lord rose again to judgment and how will it endure the lord's presence when it was unable to endure the presence of his angel and the angel of the lord descended from heaven for when christ arose death was destroyed commerce with heaven is restored to things on the earth and women who had of old held communication to death with the devil now holds communication to life with the angel hilary this is an instance of the mercy of god the father to supply the ministry of heavenly power to the son on his resurrection from the grave and he is therefore the proclaimer of this first resurrection that it may be heralded by some attendant token of the father's good pleasure bede for as much as christ is both god and man therefore there lack not amidst the acts of his humanity the ministrations of angels due to him as god and came and rolled back the stone not to open the door for the lord to come forth but to give evidence to men that he was already come forth for he who as mortal had power to enter the world through the closed womb of a virgin he when become a mortal was able to depart out of the world by rising from a sealed sepulchre rigmigius the rolling back of the stone signifies the opening of christ's sacraments which were covered by the letter of the law for the law having been written on stones is here denoted by the stone christologos he said not rolled but rolled back because the rolling too of the stone was a proof of death the rolling it back asserted the resurrection the order of things is changed the tomb devours death and not the death the house of death becomes the mansion of life a new law is imposed upon it it receives a dead and renders up a living man it follows and sat thereon he sat down who was incapable of weariness but sat as a teacher of the faith a master of the resurrection upon the stone that the firmness of his seat might assure the steadfastness of the believers the angel rested the foundations of the faith upon that rock on which christ was to found his church or by the stone of the sepulchre may be denoted death under which we all lay and by the angel sitting thereon is shown that christ hath by his might subdued death bede and rightly did the angel appear standing who proclaimed the lord's coming into the world to show that the lord should come to vanquish the prince of this world but the herald of the resurrection is related to have been seated to show that now he had overcome him that had the power of death he had mounted the throne of the everlasting kingdom 
he sat upon the stone, now rolled back, wherewith the mouth of the sepulchre had been closed, to teach that he by his might had burst the bonds of the tomb. Augustine, it may disquiet some how it is that according to Matthew, the angel sat upon the stone after it had been rolled back from the sepulchre, whereas Mark says that the women, having gone into the sepulchre, saw a young man sitting on the right hand. Either we may suppose that they saw too, and that Matthew has not mentioned him whom they saw within, nor Mark him whom they saw without the sepulchre, but that they heard from each severally what the angels said concerning Christ, or the words entering into the sepulchre may mean entering into some enclosed place, which probably there might be in front of the rock out of which the sepulchre was hewn, and thus it might be the same angel whom they saw sitting on the right hand, whom Matthew describes as sitting on the stone which he had rolled back. Christologos. The splendor of his countenance is distinct from the shining of his raiment. His countenance is compared to lightning, his raiment to snow. For the lightning is in heaven, snow on the earth. As the prophet saith, Praise the Lord from the earth, fire and hail, snow and vapors. Thus in the angel's countenance is preserved the splendor of his heavenly nature. In his raiment is shown the grace of human communion. For the appearance of the angel that talked with them is so ordered that eyes of flesh might endure the still sepulchre of his robes, and by reason of his shining countenance they might tremble before the messenger of their maker. Id. But what means this raiment where there is no need of a covering? The angel figures our dress, our shape, our likeness in the resurrection, when man is sufficiently clothed by the splendor of his own body. Jerome. The angel in white raiment signifies the glory of his triumph. Gregory. Or otherwise, lightning inspires terror. Snow is an emblem of equity. And as the Almighty God is terrible to sinners and mild to the righteous, so this angel is rightly a witness of his resurrection, and is exhibited with a countenance as lightning, and with raiment as snow, that by his presence he might terrify the wicked and comfort the good. And so it follows, and for fear of him the keepers did shake. Rabanus, these who had not the faith of love were shaken with a panic fear, and they who would not believe the truth of the resurrection became themselves as dead men. Christologus. For they kept watch over him with the purpose of cruelty, not with the solicitude of affection. And no man can stand who is forsaken by his own conscience, or troubled with a sense of guilt. Hence the angel confounds the wicked, and comforts the good. Jerome. The guards lay like dead men in a trance of terror, but the angel speaks comfort not to them, but to the women, saying, Fear not ye, as much as to say, Let them fear with whom unbelief abides. But do ye who seek the crucified Jesus hear that he has risen again, and has accomplished what he promised? Christologos. For their faith had been bowed by a cruel storm of his passion, so that they sought him as yet crucified and dead. I know that... Ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. The weight of the trial had bent them to look for the Lord of heaven in the tomb. But he is not here. Rabanus. His fleshly presence, that is, for his spiritual presence is absent from no place. He is risen, as he said. Chrysostom. 
as much as to say, if you believe me not, remember his words, and then follows further proof, when he adds, come see the place where the Lord lay, Jerome, that if my words fail to convince you, the empty tomb may, Christologos. Thus the angel first announces his name, declares his cross, and confesses his passion, but straightway proclaims him risen and their Lord. An angel after such suffering, after the grave acknowledges him Lord, how then shall man judge that the Godhead was diminished by the flesh, or that his might failed in his passion? He says, which was crucified, and points out the place where the Lord was laid that they should not think that it was another and not the same who had risen from the dead. And if the Lord reappears in the same flesh and gives evidence of his resurrection, why should man suppose that he himself shall reappear in other flesh? Or why should a slave disdain his own flesh, seeing the Lord did not change ours? Rabanus, and this glad tiding is given not to you alone, for the secret comfort of your own hearts. But ye must extend it to all who love him. Go quickly and tell his disciples. Christologos, as much as to say, Woman, now thou art healed, return to the man, and persuade him to faith, whom thou didst once persuade to treachery. Carry to man the proof of the resurrection, to whom thou didst once carry counsel of destruction. Chrysostom, and behold, he shall go before you, that is, to save you from danger, lest fear should prevail over faith. Jerome, mystically, he shall go before you into Galilee, that is, into the wallowing sty of the Gentiles, where before was wandering and stumbling, and the foot had no firm and steady resting place. Bede, the Lord is rightly seen by his disciples in Galilee, for as much as he had already passed from death to life, from corruption to incorruption, for such is the interpretation of Galilee, transmigration, happy women who merited to announce to the world the triumph of the resurrection, more happy souls who in the day of judgment, when the retrobates are smitten with terror, shall have merited to enter the joy of the blessed resurrection. End of chapter 28, verses 1 through 7.